My brothers and sisters in the Lord, today on the Solemnity of the Most Holy Trinity, we celebrate the central mystery of our faith. That as we hear in the first reading from Moses, that God is Father, who creates us and sustains us. In the Gospel, certainly, that God is the only begotten Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ who, when the Word became flesh, dwelt amongst us, walked on our earth, and died our death to redeem us from our sins so that we may experience the joy of eternal life. And in St. Paul's letter to the Romans in our second reading, that God is Spirit, the Sanctifier, the Advocate, that continues to dwell in each and every one of us by our baptism, as we are temples of the Holy Spirit to continue to bring the message, the good news to the world. And because, my brothers and sisters, that we truly believe in one God and three divine persons, this communion of love, that God is fundamentally relational in and of himself. And we too, my brothers and sisters, because we are created in the image and likeness of God, we are called to mirror the Trinity. We are called to mirror that communion of love. We're called to mirror by being fundamentally relational as we love God above all things and as we love our neighbor as ourselves. I often use this little example with the school kids. Most of us are familiar with silly putty. Well, you know, if you take silly putty and you take a newspaper and you put the silly putty on the newspaper and you pull it back, you get an image of what was ever on the page. My brothers and sisters, the image that we're called to bring to the world is the image in which we are created to bring that communion of love, that unity, to be fundamentally relational in our everyday lives. That's the call. It's the central mystery of our faith. And in looking in the readings today, my brothers and sisters, I just want to speak about one of the things that often prevents us from responding to that call, from entering into that mystery. And one of the things that often prevents us, my brothers and sisters, is the notion of fear, of being afraid. And St. Paul speaks about that in his second reading. But all of us can relate to that because all of us have been afraid at one time in our lives, probably multiple times in our lives, and we know fear begins certainly as little children. A friend of mine is a pediatric nurse and oftentimes she gives immunization shots. And so she was telling me a little story one day, there was a little girl, I think she was about three or four years old, and her name was Lizzie. And Lizzie came in for her immunization shots, and so the needle came out. Well, when the needle came out, Lizzie was not too happy. And so Lizzie was there on the table, and the needle came out, and she looked at my friend, and she said, no, 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 no. Fear. And so the nurse put the needle down for a few moments, and her mother said to her, there's nothing to be afraid of. It's just going to be a little pinch. And it's not nice to speak to people like that. You don't use the word no. 
in that context. And so the nurse picks up the needle again, and she goes towards Lizzie, and Lizzie responds, no thank you, no thank you, no thank you, no thank you, no thank you. Fear. From children, and oftentimes, my friends, it stays with us all the way into adulthood. That spirit of bondage. What does St. Paul write in our second reading to the church in Rome? For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption through whom we cry, Abba, Father. How often, my friends, do we live in that spirit of fear, which prevents us from crying, Abba, Father, which prevents us from truly imaging the Trinity in our daily life. Because oftentimes, when people come to speak to me in my office, while they speak about many different issues and they dress them up all sorts of ways, oftentimes when you get down to it, it's fear that's holding them in bondage. Young people decide to make very terrible decisions and go with the crowd because they fear being different. Saying no, it's not the right thing to do. I see married people who often argue about all sorts of things yelling and screaming all sorts of things. But the real fear is that they don't want to talk about the underlying issue, the real problem in their lives. So they make it about everything else. People who are at the workplace, who fear for their jobs and other things, and so they do unethical things or whatever it may take because they fear doing what is right and good and true and beautiful. Older people who fear what the next health diagnosis is going to be, or where life's going to take them, or how they're going to plan for retirement. And the list could go on and on. All of us have our fears. And oftentimes, my friends, those fears prevent us from living in freedom. The freedom of the children of God. The freedom to say yes to whatever God is asking of us. I mean, what would happen if our Blessed Mother was living in fear? And not in a spirit of trust. Let it be done unto me according to thy word. You see, my brothers and sisters, the same is true for us. Recently, I was reading the National Institute of Health conducted a six-year study which cost them $15 million. And in the course of that six-year study, they found that the number one health problem for Americans is not cancer, it's not heart disease, it's not diabetes. The number one health problem is anxiety top of the list. Over 13 million diagnosed cases, not counting individuals who self-medicate in some other kind of way. We live in a society caught up in fear. And what St. Paul is speaking about, my brothers and sisters, is that fear becomes one of our biggest spiritual enemies that we have to overcome. Because the devil, the evil one, wants us to live in fear. He wants us to be in bondage. 
Because then we cannot say yes to God. We cannot stand out, step out in faith. We cannot respond as God calls us to respond each and every day. Let me look at the life of St. Paul. Paul was shipwrecked. Paul was in prison. Paul was beaten more than once. Paul had other physical and social persecutions. But despite all of that, he continued the work that God gave him. Because the antidote, my friends, to fear is faith. Oftentimes people think that the opposite of faith is doubt. The opposite of faith is not doubt, my friends. The opposite of faith is fear. Is living in fear of not having the courage to be able to step out on faith, to trust God in all things. Some of you may be familiar with the African Impala. It sort of looks like a bobcat. But the African Impala is an animal who can jump 10 feet high. And the African Impala can jump 30 feet in length. 10 feet high and 30 feet in length. That's a pretty good jump. But if an African Impala is in a zoo, do you know how tall the fence has to be? It only has to be three feet tall. Why? The reason is because the African Impala will never jump unless it can see where it's going to land. And if it can't see where it's going to land, it's not going to jump. So if that three feet fence blocks its eyesight, it's not going to jump over that fence. How much and how many times is that true of us, my friends? We're not willing to jump. We're not willing to walk out on faith because we're not sure what the end result's going to be. That's where faith comes in. That's the spiritual antidote. Because we can never image the Trinity. We can never live in that communion of love if we don't have faith. And we're held in that bondage of fear. To be able to step out on faith. And yes, it takes courage. What does Jesus say in the Gospel? Unless you're willing to lose your life, you'll not save it. Unless you're willing to lose your life for my sake and the sake of the gospel, you cannot save it. Whoever saves his life will lose it. Whoever who loses his life for my sake will save it for eternal life. But to lose our life, my friends, it takes faith. It takes trust. And it takes off casting out the bondage of fear. A spirit in which we call Abba Father. Not a spirit of slavery or a spirit of bondage, but a spirit of trust in order to step out whatever God is asking of us this day or tomorrow or for the rest of our lives. I end with this little poem. Doubt sees obstacles. Faith sees the way. Doubt sees the darkness. Faith sees the day. Doubt dreads to take a step. Faith soars on high. Doubt questions who believes. 
faith answers, I. My friends, on this great feast day, this great solemnity, do we have faith or are we living in fear? Do we trust in those words that Jesus ends the gospel today? And behold, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. If we believe that, my friends, if we trust in that, then you and I can truly go forth into the world and image the beauty and the majesty of the Trinity in our own lives. To truly be the disciple that the Lord calls us to be. Do we believe do we have faith? Do we trust? Or do we allow the spirit of fear to keep us in bondage?